Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks, Kelly, for starting this out. I was thinking, you know, if there is New Year, we're thinking about golden aspirations and everything in the New Year. I was thinking about, you know, this may seem obvious, but for a long time, my goal or aspiration has been to be a pastor. Thank goodness, right? Because, I mean, yeah. Well, in my, in my early times, I did work for some churches in various regards. But soon became apparent that if I was going to continue on this career path, I needed to further my education. And for someone who's interested in being passed off, it looks like going to seminary. And seminary is basically graduate school for pastors, where we study Bible, obviously, theology, and other relevant topics for ministry. And, you know, it's a good thing to do because churches should, I think, need people who are educated and well versed in. In this whole thing. Um, so, seminary is a good thing. The, the thing is, though, with seminary, like most forms of higher education, especially graduate schools, seminary costs, seminary costs a lot of money. Um, you know, it's quite expensive. So, for about four years, I tried rather unsuccessfully to figure out a way to get myself into seminary, knowing that was the next step I needed to pursue on this, this path to. To be a pastor. So it was just a struggle to find things in different ways. In fact, uh, I, I left the school of theology, still has $300. I gave them like eight years ago. Eventually, they should ask me back for about $300. Um, so there's was a course of me trying and failing different ways to get to seminary and trying to figure out a way to afford it. Um, so eventually, in 2009, uh, something opened up at what's called Phillips Seminary in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the seminary started a new hybrid online learning model that was ideal for someone like me who lived out of state and obviously didn't want to move to Oklahoma. No offense to the Oklahomans here, hopefully not. Um, so the, the learning model was perfect for my geographical limitations, but I found that it was less than ideal for bringing about a sense of belonging. I mean, I could tell people that I was in seminary, but really, like, all I did most days was just, like, sit in front of a computer and read books. And that was, that was seminary for me. Just, like, reading books, sitting in front of a computer. And so I didn't really, like, I didn't really feel like I was in seminary. Um, so, fortunately, in the spring of 2010, uh, that changed because okay. the school would offer every quarter or every semester hybrid options when you come down to campus for a week and do these week on module classes. So I signed up for this one class on, uh, I forget what the title is, so something like theological uh, themes and films or something like that. So we're assigned this list of movies, I think there's about 30 movies we watch from like, uh, Stranger than Fiction, Doubt, Unseen Doubt, the movie, uh, Gran Torino, uh, what else? Glass um, Nation of Christ. You know, it's all this, this humongous, just wide list of movies we watched. And uh, Indy and I were talking about this last night. And if you missed out on the uh, Supper Club, it was awesome. I think, I think we had more people at Supper Club than are here today. <laughs> so Indy and I were talking about the Supper Club. But apparently Netflix still does send out like actual DVDs. I didn't know this. 
So apparently you can still get action to use some networks. But of course that was back in the day before they had the streaming. So since I had to watch all these movies, I signed up for like a three DVD, three week uh, TV club or something like that. And I just had these constant like DVDs come to me. And that was that was my homework for that class, just watching movies. And I'd take notes on it. Um, so uh, Karina and I actually go out there, she had a friend in Edmond, Oklahoma, who uh, she stayed with a friend while I went on the class. So the Monday morning, we drove across, or I drove across, I-44. So we drove across I-44 from Edmond to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I, I pulled into the parking lot of the school that I'd never been to, and I walked in, and, you know, it's like no one there, and I was like, am I the right place? And they're like, oh, it's actually this next building over there. So like, I cross the street, so I get back in my car, drive across the street, get in, and, you know, there's people there, but I'm kind of an introvert, a lot of passengers are. So like we don't go out of our way to like talk to people really, except for here because it's kind of a job. I like to do it. No, it's okay. I like to do it. But normally I'm just like I don't want to talk to people. So um, you see at the gym, it's just like don't talk to me. I'm on my own. I don't want to talk. Um, so I walk in and there's like people milling about and talking. I just find a spot and I sit there. You know, I just do what I just do. And then lunchtime rolls around and people are gathering and they know each other and they're figuring out their lunch plans and I'm just like, I go to Taco Bell. You can't go wrong with Taco Bell. That's what I did for the next two or three days until finally by Wednesday I was like, man, I'm feeling pretty lonely here. <laughs> so there's like this, I think it's like one of the breaks of class with this group staying over here and I felt like, I kind of do want to leave, you know? I just kind of get close enough like you like, Notice, and I can tell that I make a plan. And luckily, seven, like, seminary students are nice, kind people. They're like, hey, you want to join us? I'm like, yes, I want to join you. <laughs> so, um, Tulsa doesn't have a great nightlife. Um, so we went out for, we went out, we went out to a couple places, and we got like a rousing game of quarters. Um, and when I'm like, quarters, I don't remember exactly, I think it's like you try to bounce it in. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to admit this, but I'll just go with it. Um, I've only been drunk twice in my life, and both times it's been with pleasure people. <laughs> so, um, that's my true confession for me. Um, I'm not a very fun drunk, so I just kind of get nauseous and sick, so. Uh, FYI, there's something that, yeah, that's what's moved past that. So, so it was a really fun evening. We spent like the entire evening, and I think like Thursday evening, and of course Friday went home. But something happened between like that Wednesday, going out with people and making some friends, making some connections, that deepened my level of engagement with my classmates and then my participation in the class. So that by the time I left Friday afternoon, I felt like I belonged in seminary. Like, I was a legitimate student who belonged in seminary. And that was after already one full semester and a half semester, like several months being in seminary. It just didn't click for me until I was with people on campus connecting with other people. I felt like I belonged. We all need to belong, right? To one another, to our friends, to our family, to our culture, to our world. Belonging is a primal, fundamental, 
It's fundamental for our happiness and our well-being. The need to belong is what drives us to seek out stable, long-lasting relationships with other people. It also motivates us to participate in things, right? Clubs, sports teams, community events, religious organizations. By belonging to a group, we feel as if we are part of something that is bigger and more important than ourselves. We all know how powerful that is, right? Whether it was our first time in high school, but we felt like we, we finally fit in. That was like never for me, but that's okay. Um, joke, huh? Come on. Make me feel better if you laugh at But whether, you know, high school, whether it was at work, that first time we were with our new team at work, we felt like we were part of the team, or whether it was in a relationship, the first time where we felt like things were going to work out. That's a good feeling. To belong is a powerful thing. And as much as we crave belonging, and as vital as it is to our emotional well-being, it seems that for many Americans, especially I'm reading younger Americans, it's becoming more and more rare. They're experiencing the opposite, loneliness, which is, it's kind of wild that in our connected society where we're experiencing so much loneliness, 47% of Americans, according to the survey, that say they feel left out. 46% say they sometimes or always feel alone. 43% they're in a relationship that are not meaningful. 43% they're not, uh, say they feel isolated from others. That's only half of Americans. And perhaps what's most surprising, although it shouldn't surprise us if you think about it deep down, but younger generations report feeling isolated and alone at a higher rate than their senior peers, those over the age of 72. So we have the younger generation, the so-called Generation Z, or whatever we're calling them right now, who report feelings of loneliness higher than those of age 72 and older. I mean, that's, that's mind-boggling in some ways. We can we'll take with all the different options for connectivity, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, like all these platforms we have available to us in the, in the palm of our hand to connect one to each other, like the opposite is happening. We're actually feeling more isolated, becoming more isolated because of these things. It's, it's sad that the opposite is true. And that those who, that those who tend to use social media more tend to feel more isolated than those who don't. It makes me lament. Man, if only there was some kind of organization or institution, if only that could provide face-to-face -face interaction, foster a sense of belonging, promote acceptance, and present a higher purpose. Man, if only some kind of thing like that existed, we would man, we'd be set. If only. The problem is, right? The problem is we've made church so terrible, to be honest. We've made church so terrible, despite being one of the best ways to provide people with a sense of belonging, connection, they don't want to come to it. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. Somehow we've taken something that should be all about connection and belonging, and instead made it the opposite. People can come in and go without ever being noticed, 
They can be included so long as they say the right things, and they can be welcomed up to a point, depending on who they are and who they love. The thing is, I don't think that's how God intended it to be. Amen. Today we're continuing our message series, New Year, New You. And like I talked about last week, in the church world, this is the time where it's known as Epiphany. It celebrates Jesus being made manifest or made known to the whole world. In our modern language, we talk about Epiphany as being a sudden discovery or moment of realization. So in this new year, in this time when we make uh, new goals or aspirations for ourselves, my goal, one of my goals is to drink my soda. This morning, I did not have soda. So in this time of year when we're making new goals and perhaps struggling already to move them, there's some foundational truth that I want us to discover. Today, I'd like us to discover that we belong. After all, from the beginning, God's plan has been about including everyone. The Apostle Paul, I think, makes that pretty clear in a letter he wrote. And who knows the Apostle Paul? He was a guy who lived a long time ago. He was a follower of Jesus. And he wrote this letter to these people in the city of Ephesus. Ergo, Ephesians. And the, conveniently, the letter is known as Ephesians. So, he was a follower of Jesus. He went around telling people about Jesus. And he'd go around the, the then known world and he'd start churches and tell people about Jesus. And as he traveled around the world, after he'd go from one city to the next city, he'd then, he'd then write letters to that previous city. So one of, the, one of the copies that we still have is one of the letters Paul wrote to the Ephesians, the city of Ephesus. It's in one of these letters, what we know as chapter 3, that Paul shares the special message, special message with the people of Ephesus. So I'm going to read uh, Ephesians chapter 3, if you'd like to follow along. It's on the screen here too for you. Uh, but starting in verse 2, thereabouts. He says, I take it you're familiar with this, the part I was given in God's plan to include everyone. I got the inside story from God himself, and I just wrote you in brief. As you read over what I've written to you, you'll be able to see for yourself into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time it has been made clear by God's Spirit through His holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that the people who have never heard God and those who have heard of Him all their lives, what I've been calling insiders and outsiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, the same help, the same promises of Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. He says, this is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people with no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of these available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ, and my task is to bring out the open and lay plain with God who created all of this in the first place, 
has been doing in secret behind the scenes all along. Through Christians like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is being made, becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All of this, all of this proceeding along the line, planned all along by God, and then executed in Christ Jesus. It's an interesting, it's an interesting and exciting message that Paul shares. Applicable, I think, even to us today. You know, right now in our country, in our communities, in our churches, even in our families, we're having a debate about who belongs, who can be accepted, who's a part of us. Whether it's because of immigration status, economic standing, sexual orientation, or marriage partner, there are some making bold declarations about who belongs and who doesn't. I believe that when we start excluding, whether it be because of, whether it be in our nation, our communities, our churches, or our families, I believe that we're out of line with God. I think that Paul makes it clear that in Jesus, there are no longer any outsiders. We're all insiders. God's plan is for including everybody. The message is accessible and welcome to everyone across the board. From the beginning, God's plan has been about including everyone. So if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. That in God's mind, you belong. There are no hurdles to jump through, no barriers to overcome, no obstacles to navigate. You belong as you are. In Jesus, the work has already been done. Finito. It's done. From the beginning, in this little school, from the beginning, God had you in mind to get the same offer, the same help, the same promises for you and for you and for you. You're not going to be asking to get your stuff together first. You're not going to be willing based on who you love. You're not going to be excluded. Because God wants you to know that you belong. And more so, I want you to know that you belong at Mission Gathering this morning. There are no hurdles to jump through, no barriers to overcome, no obstacles to navigate. You belong. Because, and I want to emphasize this, this isn't just something that we do because we want to be nice people. This is not something that we do because we want to be different. We do this because we follow the way of Jesus. We do this because this is what we believe Jesus did. We're seeking to follow the way of Jesus by accepting and including everyone. Because of that, because we follow the way of Jesus, we accept you. From the beginning, we had you in mind because God had you in mind. To get the same offer, the same help, the same promises for you and for you and for you. We're not going to ask you to get your stuff together first. Maybe we have too much stuff to get together, right? 
Can I get an amen for that? Too much stuff to get together. You know, from the beginning, when this thing called Mission Gathering was just a dream, in my mind, in uh, Richard Cohn's mind, the founder of Mission Gathering, from the beginning, we had you in mind. And so here I am, as, as Paul said, much like Paul was, preaching and working for things that are way over my head. The reckless and inclusive love of God made evident in Jesus. And my task, my goal, my desire, my aspirations is to bring out the open and make plain what God, who started this all in the first place, has been doing all along behind the scenes. I mean, this is what this is this is what I believe about God. That we're not always recognizing what's happening, but God is always Always, always, always working behind the scenes, trying to make God's love known. This is what God does. God was trying to make it known that you would be accepted and included no matter who you are. That you would get the same welcome, the same support, the same opportunities. Because you belong. And so that's why everything we do here at Mission Gathering is about including everyone, just as Jesus does. From the word we say, the song we sing, from even to the bread we serve in communion, we want to include everyone. And that's why, just as Paul wrote, the cool thing is, as a community, as a church, we're called, through us, together, what we're doing, even way back when Paul wrote his letter, continuing even until today, followers of Jesus, like us, gathered together in communities called churches, we are making known God's extraordinary plan of inclusion, of acceptance, of belonging. Together, that's what we're doing here. We together, in Mission Gathering, are now a participant in part of God's plan all along. Wow, huh? Well, to belong to God and to share the good news with others that they themselves belong. That's pretty cool. So in this new year, as we think about the future, Move into 2019, already what? Two weeks in almost. Can you believe that? Know this. We belong. We belong to God. We belong together as this community of followers of Jesus. And we have a powerful opportunity to participate in, in God's plan of inclusion and of belonging by sharing with our friends, with our neighbors their co-workers, that in God's mind, they belong, and that they can experience the same belongings every time they gather here with us. So in this new year, discover you belong, if you have it. Discover, help others discover that they belong to you. 
Because we belong to God. We belong at Michigan Avenue. That is the big news. 